And let's pray now as we think about that, that word of God together. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we come to this very famous story of the Good Samaritan, you would speak to us and that you would help us to see wonderful things in it, perhaps that we hadn't seen before, that you would speak to us in ways we haven't heard you before through this famous and very familiar story. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, I've decided that I was preaching, we're doing a series of sermons on the letter to the Hebrews in the... um, in our services at the moment. I decided Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 was probably not the, uh, I'll I'll put it down to myself, wasn't the easiest to turn into an all-age talk. So I decided that I was going to do the uh, Power of the Good Samaritan. If any of you want to hear a a talk on Hebrews 3 and 4, you can go to the website after tomorrow and um, the the, uh, recording from the 9 or the 6 will be up there. So you can do that. But for now, we're going to think about the story of the Good Samaritan. Of course, though, we need to talk also about the football which is starting up today. Well, at least is it from England's point of view. I, hope, I probably feel for that poor um, Christian Eriksen last night on the, the Danish player who collapsed on the pitch. That was a terrible thing. Thankfully, he seems to be okay. For England, the football starts today, and we're playing Croatia at 2 o'clock. Are we going to win? Um, do, you, do you care? <laughs> some of you do, some of you don't. But do you know what? I care. And I actually, really, would, would quite like to be playing, honestly. Do you think I could? Do you think I'm good? Eleanor, you're shaking your head. Do you not think I'm good enough? I was really hurtful. Do you think, can you imagine the conversation between me and, and um, probably Gareth would be the right person to talk to, wouldn't it? Gareth Southgate, the, the England manager. Um, I said, look, Gareth, I really like to play. Like, what, Gareth, what do I have to do to get on the team? Like, how much do I have to spend on a pair of boots to get onto that team? How many keep-ups do I need to be able to do before I can get on it? How, how fit? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Look at me, uh, Gareth will look at me and go, Tom, I think, I think, perhaps, I think perhaps it's not going to be possible. And I think I'd go away with my head down, feeling very depressed, thinking, that's it, I'm gone, I'm a goner, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a spent force, I've got to come to terms with it, I'm never going to play for England, and walk away sad. It's a little bit like what happened in the story we're looking at today, the Good Samaritan. A man came to Jesus and asked him not just to play for England, not just to, uh, there we are, there they are, just imagine if I was one of the boys there with the lads, me and the lads, with Harry and all the others. A man comes to Jesus and doesn't say, what do I need to do to play for international football? Um, What do I need to do to win Wimbledon? What do I need to do to, to um, become CEO of a FTSE 100 company? He doesn't ask anything like that. He asks something much bigger. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What could be a bigger question than that? In other words, what must I do to gain the prize? Living peacefully with God forever. All my, all my, my, my problems sorted 
all my insecurities healed, all my sins forgiven, my conscience cleansed, living at total and perfect and glorious peace and fulfillment forever. What do I need to do for that? Well, that's a good question to know the answer to. What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's what this man asks Jesus. And of course, it's a little bit like me asking uh, Gareth, what do I have to do to play for England? (laughs) It's very difficult to get eternal life. And just how difficult we're going to find out. Well, in fact, let's find out from the Bible. And uh, children, would you like to come to the front? You can do now, but remember to keep nice and spaced along the front. If you'd like to come, do, because I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things in a moment. Um, And I think some of you might like to quite have, have a go at them. So, come up to the front, and we need to think about, uh, we need to discover about what you, what you have to do to get eternal life. Let's just look at what they say. So, that's right, you spread out, nice few feet between each of you. And um, so, what does Jesus, so this man comes to Jesus and says, let's find it in the, in the, in the Bible. Man comes to Jesus and says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, what's written in your law? How do you read it? The law meaning the the Bible, basically, the the first part of the Bible. And the man is very wise. He knows his Bible. He says, well, look, this is what you need to do. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, yeah, that's right. Do that, and you'll be all right. You'll get eternal life. Well, the man knows himself too well. Love God with all his heart? I don't think so. I don't think any of us have done that. Love your neighbour as yourself. Do you do that? I don't even sometimes love the people closest to me as I love myself, let alone everybody else. I haven't done that. Gosh. To do that, that would be harder than, than doing all the training to get into England as a 46-year-old whose body seems to be falling apart. That would be very hard. Well, it's not quite falling to bits completely. That, that will come, I should think. But it's going that way. How would we do it? How could we, how could we love God with all our heart? And so do you know what the man tries to do? Well, here's our first heading. Three things we need to notice. Let's have a look. What is it? If we have a look. How tempting it is to reduce God's standards in desperation to make the grade. How tempting it is to lower the standards, to dumb down what God expects. Right, okay, this bar here on this high jump, do you remember we did the long jump a few weeks ago? That's the high jump. Do you know what? Actually, the closest I'm ever going to get to becoming an international athlete is, do you know what the name of England's top male high jumper is? Tom Parsons. In fact, when he was in the Olympics, a number of people asked me if, you know, I was living a double life. Unfortunately not. Right. So, how high is this bar? Well, it's only at a metre. That's not very, that's not very, uh, that should be right. But anyone fancy jumping over it? Yanni? You reckon? Come on, well, you can come and see it. It's amazing how much higher it appears when you start getting close to it. Can you do it? You can try. Anyone else want to have a go? 
John wants to have a go. Do you want to have a go, James? Come on, then. You can have a run-up. You can't even lift your legs that high. Oh, dear, that's going to prove quite difficult, then. You can, do, you can have a run-up if you want. Do you want to have a go? Oh, snap it. No, don't worry, you won't snap it. It's fine. Ah, oh, it's a good effort. He did, he did well to try. That's right, put it back, James. Are you going to have a go? Oh, look, they're all lining up now. Come on, then. That's it. Right, James, come on, then. Oh, good, good effort, good effort. John. He's got his Crocs on. There's a lot of spring in those. Oh, good effort. He went for the two. He went for the two-footed takeoff. I tell you what. Should we just let's try this a moment? Do you want to have a go, Lucy? Go on then. You can try. Oh, that was a great effort. Well done. At least you didn't knock the bar off. I tell you what. How the what does I say? How tempting it is to reduce. That is to lower God's standards to make the grade to lower it. Oh. Hang on, what if I try this? Shall I try lowering it a bit? What about this? Anyone reckon they could get over that? No, you're taking the mickey. There's no way you can get over that. Come on then, Anna. There you go. One, two, three. Go on. Whoa, she's done it, Brooke. Careful of that hand. Yes, she's done it. Come on then, Tony. Oh, lower the standards and it's... Can you... Yes! Oh, it was only because you were wearing the skirt. If you'd been wearing your proper high jumping gear, you would have cleared that easily. And James flies over it. Come on, then, here we go. He's done it. And Lissy. Yo! Brilliant. Lissy, come on, here we go. Let's lower it a bit more. There we go. Yes, he's done it. Brilliant. So, what did we do? We lowered the bar. And that is what, thank you very much, Sean. That was all excellent jumping, very good. The, we lowered the bar, and that's what the man in the story tries to do. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the man thinks, hmm, that sounds a little bit tricky. He thinks, I know what I'll do. I'll try and make it a bit easier and a bit better. So he asks Jesus a question and says, Jesus, who is my neighbour? He's trying to make Jesus lower the standard. To say, well, he wants the Jesus to say, well, your neighbour is just really the people who you like. Because it's much easier to love them as you love yourself. So he wants Jesus to make it easier. It's really interesting because actually we do that a lot. We do that with the things of God. God says, you must love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And we say... Oh, no, that's a bit, that, that's, that's, that, that's, that's too high. Lord, you, you, don't really, you don't really expect us to do that perfectly. You can't. I mean, that would be so unreasonable, God, to do that. So it's basically, Lord, it would probably, I reckon it would be enough just so long as I'm a fairly decent and nice person who most people like. Then it'll be okay, won't it, Lord? Come on, be reasonable, Lord. That'll be okay, won't it? Just if I'm reasonably, um, you know, polite and um, pay my taxes, you know, and, and do things basically all right, then it'll be fine, won't it, God? 
You see, that's trying to lower the standard, isn't it? God says, no, love, love me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And we go, actually, let's make it a bit easier. Let's lower the bar. So long as I'm a decent human being, you'll be okay with that, won't you, God? But actually, you won't be. Because he's the eternal, the unchanging God. He is perfect in every way. And he will not let us come to him when we do not see that. He will not. And so we try to lower the standards, and it's so tempting to do it. How tempting to reduce God's standards in desperation to make the grade. I used to think growing up in church that basically the Christian message was that you basically, so long as you did the best you could, um, you know, and, and were the best person you could be, then you'd be all right. God would give you a tick and say, oh, great, yes, all right, I'll accept that. You're sincere. You're a nice bloke, generally. You get good reports from school. The headmaster seems to like you. I think you'll be all right. I'll let you in too. Come on, let's drop all this about loving me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbour as yourself. In you come. Doesn't work like that. So we want to lower the grade. The man in the story wanted to lower the grade. He wanted to bring the bar from here down to here to make it a bit easier for him to jump over and get eternal life. But Jesus isn't having any of it, which leads us to our second thing. Let's have our second heading here. How demanding it is to love our neighbours as ourselves. So if we want eternal life, we need to love our neighbours as ourselves. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, that's true. But let's just put that to one side for a moment, that's huge. But let's put that to one side. How about just loving our neighbours as ourselves? What does that mean to do that? Well, this is when Jesus tells the famous story. There was a man travelling on the road down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the road he fell into the hands of robbers. Now, I remember doing this with the Boys Brigade a few years ago, and um, the, uh, the, I, we, we were acting it out. I said, right, we need someone to be the Samaritan. We need someone to be the, the man walking down the road. We need someone to be robber. I'll do it! All of them wanted to be a robber. So they were walking along the road, and um, suddenly, who have we got? Some, some, um, we, need some, we need a brother and a sister, because we don't, wanna, we don't want people wrestling each other unless they're in a bubble. So let's have, let's have um, yeah, Mark, and yeah, that's the three of you, the bunting three. You can, you're, you're going along the road like this. So, James, I'll tell you what, you're the man walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, and you two are the robbers. Jump on him and bring him to the ground. Oh, that didn't require... There, oh, that was pretty convincing. Wow, okay, easy, 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 easy. I didn't give you permission, actually, to, to do it. So, right, run off, robbers. The robbers run off, and they leave him half dead. Oh, no, no, you're half dead in the road. That's right. You've got to look convincingly dead. And then we know that the two people, this is the story, so the man's been mugged on the road, he's been left for dead in the street, robbed, um, bleeding, and he's lying in the gutter. And then along comes um, the, first of all, the priest. And it's such a famous story, the priest comes along and he walks down, he's walking from Jerusalem to Jericho at the end of a long day, and he sees the man in the street and he thinks, dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum he thinks, oh, I'm not going to get in touch with him. He's all sort of dirty, and um, I, I'm, I'm late for a meeting anyway, and uh, I'm, um, I'm very pure from a religious point of view, and so I don't want to touch someone who's... Uh, I, I don't want to touch him because he's, he's dirty and got blood on him and things like that, and that might 
compromise my religious purity. And also, I don't, I don't, I don't know who the guy is. I mean, he might be, he might be like foreign or something like that. And um, so I don't want to, I don't want to get involved with him. So the priest saunters off down the road, and off he goes. Next comes a Levite, who's a kind of a junior priest. Um, uh, who's probably also have more time on his hands because he's not quite so important as the priest. And he walks along the road and he sees the man and he sees him in the street and he thinks, I'm just not going to stop and I'm not going to engage with him at all. Look at him. He's, he's, look, you're really good there, James. You're, you're sort of pleading for help. And, um, but unfortunately, you're not going to get any. Sorry, bye. And the, um, he just crosses the road and walks on the way. So, yes, Anna. You want to be the Samaritan? No, I think I, think I want to be the Samaritan. <laughs> well, the thing is, I've been the priest and the Levite, so can't, why can't I be the good guy? All right, somebody else can be... I'll tell you what, because you've done something, somebody else can be the Samaritan. Who would like to be the Samaritan? Tony, would you like to be the Samaritan? No, okay. Who would you like... Mark, you've already done something as well. Who would like to be the good person, the good one, who does the good, right thing? Come on then, Yanni, you can be the Samaritan. Um, <clears throat> so... Now, the Samaritans were, do you know what? They were like, they were foreign. From the point of view of the Israelites, they were not just different, foreign. They were, they were like, they were, they were the people you hated. They were the people who you just grew up knowing that they were the bad people who you weren't to like. There was various reasons for that. All went back into history, like it often does. And uh, it was to do with the fact that the uh, Samaritans were uh, mixed in with lots of the other religious and, and uh, racial um, people in the area. And so um, the Samaritans were generally hated. And so uh, here's James in the ditch lying there and he sees this bloke coming along and he sees to himself, oh my goodness, he's dressed like a Samaritan. This is awful. This is going from bad to worse. First of all, I've been rejected by a priest and a Levite and now the one next one who comes along is a Samaritan. This is awful. And so along comes the Samaritan. Here we are. And um, we reckon he's probably got a donkey on him. Mm. Anyone do a donkey noise? Um, uh, he, yes, that sounded quite like a donkey, in a way. That, that sounds quite like a donkey as well. Also sounded like the fox we had in our garden last night. That actually sounded... Anyway, the foxes, I don't know what not. Foxes seem to make different noises on every day. Most of them horrible. So here we go. The Samaritan um, picks up in a completely COVID-secure way, the, uh, the, the Samaritan, and puts him on his own donkey, and he takes him off the road, he cleans up all his wounds, he gets him all sorted out, he takes him to the inn, and he leaves the innkeeper with the coins needed um, to pay his expenses, and says, any extra expenses I'll settle when I get back, and um, sorts him out. So the Samaritan, the, now, Thank you very much, Yana. You were a wonderful Samaritan. You are the good Samaritan. And James, you can get out of the ditch now because you're now in the you're now in the um, in the inn, being looked after. So thank you very much. So the point is that it that this is the point. It, how demanding it is to love our neighbours as ourselves. Because if that is loving your neighbour as yourself, then that is very very hard. Like, that is, that is going beyond the kind of decent, nice, neighbourly thing to do. 
doesn't it? I mean, you know, there, there are some wonderful people, lovely neighbours. One of the things I hear taking funerals for people is that those who've been very ill have often been so blessed by a loving next-door neighbour. I'm not knocking that at all. It's amazing that that happens. But what we've, what we've just seen here is quite different. That's something on a whole different level of putting yourself out, of reaching across barriers, of embracing people who are not only different, but dis well, broken and, um, and bleeding and in trouble and saying, I don't care about my own safety. I'm going out beyond the bounds to pick this person up and to do something wonderful for them. That is not just being a nice, common, decent human being. That is being, I mean, that is just sublime. You can hardly describe what that is. How demanding it is to love our neighbours as ourselves. So this poor bloke, this teacher of the law, he's just thinking, where, where's my thing gone? No, here's the bar. He says, um, he, do you remember, Jesus said, love your neighbour as yourself and love the Lord your God. He thought, I need to lower the bar a bit. Let me try and define a little bit more closely who my neighbour is, just to make it a bit easier. So he tries to lower the bar. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan about how hard it is to love your neighbour, and the bar's suddenly gone back up here. If that's what loving our neighbour is, and we can never get eternal life by loving our neighbour. And indeed, that's only loving our neighbour as ourselves. What about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength? That's, that's going to be even harder. To love the God you can't see, I mean, you know, it's one thing loving the neighbour you can see, loving the God you eat can't see, I mean, that's, that's really hard. So that leads us to our third heading, which is this. How necessary it is to ask Jesus for mercy. Um, so, it's really interesting. You know, this bloke was just sort of walking along and... Oh, oh, oh whoopsie daisy, I, I appear to be in the ditch. Oh, I fell into the ditch. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm in the ditch. It's really interesting because Jesus says to this man, and he, he says, who, it's really interesting, at the end of the story, he tells the story, and then says, who was the neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? It's not the question you're expecting. The question you're expecting the man has asked, who is my neighbour? And Jesus has, has, has um, shared this story, and you're expecting Jesus to go, well, who loved his neighbour? And the answer is oh, the, the, the Samaritan. But that's not the question. The question is, who was the one who was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? In other words, my dear teacher of the law friend, I want you to place yourself in the story not as the priest or the Levite or the Good Samaritan, I want you to place yourself in the story as the man in the ditch. Who was the man who was a neighbour to him? Put yourself in his position. It's interesting, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that? Put yourself in his position. This is not just a moral tale about how to be a good human being. I mean, it is that as well, beyond um, any tale about how to be a good human being. This is... This is but it's about much more than that. 
He's not saying, look at the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan and say which one you think behaved best. He says, put yourself in the position of the bloke in the ditch. How, what, 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 did, what did he need? Who was the neighbour he needed? And the answer is, the one who had mercy on him. And so here's Jesus. Here's, here's, here's the... the Here's the man in the ditch and the teacher of the law is being asked to think of himself not as a person jumping over a jump to try and get eternal life by being good enough because he can't. But to think of himself as a person in the ditch who needs mercy, who needs forgiveness, who needs somebody to pick him up and tend to his wounds and take him to safety and to bring healing to him. How necessary it is to ask Jesus for mercy. Because truly, that's our only hope. Our only hope, we cannot inherit, gain eternal life by doing the right things. It is just beyond us. God knows that. Of course he knows that. That is why he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to bring us mercy, to become our neighbour, and to reach those of us who are in the ditch, which, if we're honest, is all of us when it comes to obedience to God's law. None of us have done it. We're all outsiders. We're all... We're all... We're all under the judgment of the law, which says you haven't loved your neighbour as yourself, you haven't loved me with all your heart. And all we can say is not, oh Lord, but couldn't you make it a bit easier? No, all we can say is, have mercy on me, forgive me and receive me. And Jesus is God's own son sent into the world to do exactly that, to heal us, uh, that is, our, our, our spirits, eventually our bodies, in a, new, in a new world that's coming. He will heal those too. To heal us, to forgive us, to bind up our wounds, to untangle our dysfunctions, to, to save us. How necessary it is to ask for Jesus' mercy and how willing he is to give it. Let's replay the story so the man goes up to Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Do you know what actually he needed to do? He needed to come to Jesus and he needed to really kneel before him and say, Jesus, I can't have eternal life unless you give it to me. Give it to me, Jesus. Please have mercy on me, forgive me and give me the eternal life that I could never win and gain for myself. And Jesus, of course, to a request like that, opens his arms wide and says to us, yes, I will. I will give you eternal life. Did you know that? This is the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Are you like I was growing up in church as a, as a child, thinking that really it was just all about trying to be a good bloke, as good as I could, get there eventually, hopefully, hopefully, not realising that it's not about that at all. 
It's actually about trusting in Jesus and receiving his forgiveness and his mercy as a gift that we can't earn, but that we desperately need. If you didn't know that, then I'm so pleased to have this chance to tell you. It's the most wonderful thing to realize it, that we can be at peace with God through Jesus Christ, not through our own jumping over any bar, but through trusting in him. Let's pray now as we just draw these thoughts together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus into the world to show us mercy. We do want to love our neighbour better. We do want to recognise in those who are different from us our neighbours and love them and serve them. Of course we want that. We want to love you more. But we thank you that eternal life doesn't depend on that but on your mercy, grace, forgiveness. So we pray, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us, and may we receive the gift of eternal life as a gift from you now. Those perhaps who've never received it before for themselves, receive it now. Say, Jesus, I want that. He will give it to you. And all of us who've long received it, May we know now that we have it and may we know by the power of the Spirit the peace that comes from being picked out of the ditch by Jesus Christ. For we ask it all in his name. Amen.